Welcome to the John Harrison Podcast. Do you realize that 70% of people are disengaged at work? I don't think it's an overstatement to call that a tragedy, actually, because it affects the bottom lines of organizations, certainly, but it has a negative impact on all the people that work there, and their families, and the community at large. Nobody's talking about this. Well, on this podcast, we are going to talk about it. Welcome back to the John Harrison Podcast. This is Madeline Baker, and I'm actually taking the place of Tanner right now. Today we're talking about finding your purpose and writing a mission statement and just kind of like your personal um, goals in life. And Tanner is taking care of some um, family stuff this week. It takes, you know, priority, and we understand that. And so, yeah, we are here rock and rolling. I am in the driver's seat today. Um, so I've got John, of course, with us today, and then Melissa. So John, can you talk a little bit about the importance of finding your purpose? You know, so many people, especially I remember in my college days, like I just was like, what is my life's purpose? I want to find my passion and you want to get to know yourself better, all those things. But I think we struggle with that throughout our entire lives. And there's so many people that are like looking for their one purpose. Um, so can you just talk a little bit about that? Of course. And, and I do love nowadays that people think about this. They, I don't think my parents' generation, my parents were born in the mid-20s. I don't think they were thinking about what's your purpose and passions. I think, I think jobs were to take care of other people. I'm going to have a job to pay my bills and provide for my kids or my spouse or whatever. I'm not saying they weren't passionate, but it certainly wasn't a focus. Now, I think the pendulum's gone maybe the right direction, but it can go too far, too, where people think, I have to have a job that every day is just filled with passion and purpose. And that can get tough because there's days at work that aren't like that. But to, to, to what Madeline just said, I think it's important that if we do step back, and then Melissa will chime in on this, but sometimes these change over time. But what what really do you want to be remembered for in your life? And it's may, you may think differently at 20 than you do at 40 or 60. But you know, companies spend lots of money to come up with their personal mission statements. Why is this organization here? What's what's our purpose? And I think now for human beings, it's like, what do I want to be remembered for when I leave this earth? And of course, when I ask this in our sessions or just talking to people, family always comes up. I want to be a great mom or dad. I want to be a great spouse. I want to leave a legacy for my kids. I want to help other people be successful. Usually the purpose is not about money or title or having a cool truck or anything like that. So we know down deep that it's a bigger picture than what we usually think of. So, but we think it's important that you spend time doing that, that you actually kind of write it out. What do you want to be remembered for? And it doesn't have to be a three page document. It might be just a series of bullet points, but you know, in our sessions, I talk about People that chose teaching, for example, because they get summers off. I understand, and you're not going to make millions of dollars as a teacher, but some people think, well, it'd be really nice to have an extended summer vacation, et cetera. Not all teachers choose teaching for that reason. They hopefully choose it because they love kids. They want to invest in the near in the future of our society, blah, blah, blah. But if you only chose teaching for that reason, you're going to have a bunch of bad days because you're just waiting for summer. But if you get in your brain, my purpose on this earth is to help others be successful, for example, that could be your kids, could be your coworkers. Then if, that, if you stay true to that every day, even when you have, quote, bad days at work, things go wrong, multiple deadlines, the internet goes out, you can still say, but you know what? For part of the day today, I did help someone be successful. 
And so I think some people look at this stuff as kind of warm and fuzzy and touchy-feely. But I think if you know really why you're on this planet, you're going to have a lot less bad, bad days at work. So I think it's worth writing down. So, Melissa, you've had different jobs in your time in the workforce. Tell us about where just has your personal mission changed from your 20s to now at your age? 100%. (laughs) So um, whenever I joined the John Harrison team, that was one of the first things you asked me to do was spend some time thinking about it. And I probably spent the better part of the first four months of my time here (laughs) thinking about it and trying to get it written down. But it's, it really says that, you know, I just want to encourage others to recognize, embrace, and live out their purpose. And so how that came to me was because um, so much of my life looked very different in my early 20s whenever I was entering the workforce. And my goal then was, you know, to climb the proverbial ladder, if you will. Um, I didn't really know what that looked like. I just know that I was reaching and grabbing and volunteering and doing all the things I could do to grow my scope and knowledge. Was that driven at all, even by like your growing up and that you were to achieve? Oh, 100%. Yeah. My dad was, um, he was the main provider, the core provider for my family growing up. And he was very driven by money in terms of success, not in a bad way, but just, you know, of course, the more he could provide for the family, the happier he, he was. And so he always equated having a college degree to being able to do that and provide differently. So, you know, he pushed and encouraged me to go to college. Um, I did, of course, but as I grew up in the workforce, I realized that not all things are indicative of a college degree. And there's so much more to relationships and to just being successful as a whole as compared to having that piece of paper. And so with that is how I came to my own personal mission statement over the years because not only did my priorities change, but I realized that I was I was striving too hard to get to a certain point and recognize or define that purpose in life. And that's not really what it's about. It's it's taking the time to think about what those things are important to you. And they may change over a season of life. Um, for me, it was my mom getting sick. You know, she um, had early onset dementia. And when that happened, my priorities personally and professionally changed altogether. So um, I think you have to meditate on those for a minute. It's not something that's just going to come to you overnight. And keep in mind that every season of life is going to bring a different priority and challenge with that for you. So um, I'm in a place now where I can pour into people and help them in that discernment, if you will, um, and help them realize that it doesn't just come to them overnight. Yeah, that's great. And and like Melissa said, it's not that moving up or making more money or title is a bad thing. That's not at all what we're saying. We're saying it, it helps to step back sometimes and think what what is the big picture here? And like Melissa said, at certain seasons, we might say right now, I'm, I'm in a job where I can't travel. It's just not, that's not going to be conducive to my maybe aging parents, young children. So hopefully, I think nowadays, compared to 30 or 40 years ago, most companies We'll try to be flexible with some of those things. Maybe we can accommodate uh, your schedule in such a way. But some companies will not be able to. Your job may require that you're gone three nights a week and travel. And if you say, well, I really appreciate this opportunity, but for right now in this season, I'm going to have to you know, go a different direction. We're going to talk about that in a following podcast about what if your personal mission doesn't uh, match up with your organization's. 
But I think, again, we think, well, is this really worth doing? And I think it is because many of our listeners, people, you have great technical skills. We have people that are great salespeople or accountants or machine operators in a factory or whatever. And I always remind people, your technical skills will not be your legacy. It doesn't mean your technical skills don't matter. But if your organization requires your technical skills to satisfy customers, then if you quit, retire, die, whatever, they're going to go, well, we still need those technical skills. So we're going to train somebody else to do it. We're going to hire somebody else out from the outside, or we're going to outsource to go find those skills. Like, man, there is nobody within a two hour radius of our company that has Melissa's skills, but there's a company in Denver and they can do that from the outside for us. So I think it's important not to get so wrapped up in your technical skills to think that that's going to be your legacy also. I think I think personal mission goes beyond just those technical skills and the money and all that. So we just think it's worthwhile, a worthwhile exercise. And those of you that have been through our sessions know we spend a little time on this, but even those that haven't been with us, to really think about what what is your passion? What is your dream? What do you want to be remembered for? Share that with your spouse or people that you are close to and see if it makes sense. And and I'm just going to throw this out here. This isn't to pick on anybody, but I would hear people at Caterpillar, for example, say family is the number one thing in my life. And I've never heard somebody say family is the number four thing in my life or seven. They, you know, they usually say number one. And I think people mean that in their hearts, of course, but think about you know, I would see some some guys at Cat, and it could have been women too, but generally these were guys that would say, oh, family's my number one thing, and they would work 60 or 70 hour weeks, and then they might play golf on Saturday. And Sunday they watch football from 9 in the morning till 4 in the afternoon, or whatever, and that's fine to some extent, but if you say family's my number one thing, sometimes your kids might go, well, I hear you saying that, but I'm not sure your life is reflecting that. So it's another good reason to do this, because if you say helping others, you say be a great spouse, you know, parent, whatever, help the community, are you really getting your life in order so that's that's really your priority? The, the other thing to take into account into that too, John, is like if you're coming up in the workforce or you're changing jobs, you're changing skill sets or careers, you know, listen to the people that know you the best because they're observing you through a lens of um, comfort and familiarity with you. And if they recognize that you have a strength in something, you know, take that into consideration. Don't just go, oh, no, I appreciate that compliment or, you know, that assessment or whatever. Take a step back and truly listen to what they're telling you. Because a lot of times you can't see the forest for the trees, right? We're so engrossed in what it is that we're trying to achieve or accomplish personally at that moment in time that we don't necessarily see strengths or um, skills or even passions that we we have and other people see that in us um, for me it was you know I was doing nonprofit work and it was just like a side job for me in the early to mid 90s but I come to realize that it was something that I really love now I've taken a season off from that but I can definitely see myself getting back into that at later points in my career just because I, I have a heart for it. And I didn't really consider it as having a heart in my early 20s. It was just a, a side game. side game. <laughs> well, and with that, I'll just say in your situation, so many of you that listen to us know we don't 
advertise in the traditional sense of the world. We don't have billboards. We don't push things. We don't. I don't go hand off business cards to people. But part of Melissa's role as our client services coordinator is to be that initial point of contact. So a new client reaches out. It could be me, but I'm traveling a lot and training a lot. So, but Melissa is really adept at what we call table conversations, chatting with somebody across the table. She's been a client. Now, if I said, hey, Melissa, would you be our marketing representative or salesperson? She would say, there's no way on earth I want to come work for you and do that. But what's, what I've loved watching her do is because she doesn't want to be the center of attention, be up in front of the room and be a salesperson, but she can have very genuine conversations about what we do. And you just talked about nonprofit. And part of that heart is this thing that we're doing here is not just about leadership training. It's not just about employee training. This changes people's lives when they go through the VIP way. And I think for you to have recognized that I saw that in you that you would be very talented at that. Um, and at first you might have said, no, I don't think that's really what I want to do. But I, hopefully you've seen that you get to use some of those passions in that part of your job. Yes, yes. And I, I can remember saying to you now, John, if you want me to sell, that's I'm probably not your person. <laughs> yes, exactly. But, you know, to that end, I, I, I have, I've had some great fortune of people pouring into me from a leadership standpoint and also just a one-to-one relationship standpoint over my life. And, um, you know, them recognizing that in me and me listening to that, I think has helped me on some level. But, you know, conversely, and I've probably said this somewhere along the way, I, I worked for some not so great people as well. And that gave me a whole different level of recognition in terms of the opportunity that I have put in front of me every single day. And it is like, do I want to make a positive impact in the person's life or do I want to continue to feed the negativity? Um, And as a lot of times a middle manager, which is where I kind of sat in the organization, I had to make that choice on a daily basis. And um, as often as I could and, you know, consciously as I could, I tried to change that trajectory of the attitude, whether it was positive or negative with my team and other teams that I impacted. It wasn't easy. It was some hard days, but it, you know, just to know that I had the opportunity to touch somebody's life or help change the path in their thinking is really what I was trying to get to because everybody makes choices based on their attitude, right? For that particular day, and we're all up and down. So if I could help change that trajectory, then that's what I was focused on. Yeah. I love that. So you know, in summary, we would just say this. It's not warm and fuzzy. It's not it's not some psychological thing that this, you know, this some new age trendy thing. I think it's really, again, what do you want to be remembered for? What is your purpose? And again, I think if you really sit down and think about it, it won't be your title. It won't be the money you make. It won't be the kind of vehicle you have. And I think if you, especially when you are young, by the way, if you can get that solidified in your 20s or 30s and then then your next steps in your career would be always tied back to that. Then I think you won't be as disappointed if you don't have the, you don't get the promotion or you don't make a certain amount of money or the status or whatever. It doesn't mean that won't happen, but you can go every day. You can go, you know what, but I know what my real purpose is here. It doesn't really depend on whether I got promoted to this job or that. job. Yeah. That's a really good point to, to go into of that. Just the fact that it can change over time, you know, I like hearing that because as a person in my 20s, you know, I'm like, here's my purpose now, but it may not be my purpose in 10 years. It may not be my purpose in 20 years. Um, And like you say, it helps you make decisions. In fact, I have right now, this is not my purpose, but I have 
like a list of 10 goals that I want for my year. And I'm like, if it's not on that list, like if it's not pushing me towards that thing, then, you know, I don't want to spend my time doing it because time is so precious. Um, And I think you should do the same thing with your purpose. So there's some benefit to what some people term as floundering. And it's not really floundering, in my opinion. It is allowing yourself to ebb and flow with the experiences you come come into in life and people that you come into in life and help you to evaluate. Mm-hmm. That's really all it is because your your purpose is going to change. Yeah, that's really good. Well, thank you both for being part of this episode. And like I said, we're in a future episode now. We're going to talk about if you get your personal mission at least 80% away in your brain, what that looks like. What happens if that doesn't match up with your organization's mission? And stay tuned for that episode. Thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or thoughts about today's episode or even ideas for a future episode, you can contact us through our website at johnharrisonvip.com or follow us on any of our social media platforms.